Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to The Trader, a traitor's podcast. My name's Matthew, I'm a writer working in TV development, and I am a handy faithful. The Trader features deep dives into every episode of the multi-award winning hit TV competition series, The Traitors, as well as interviews with contestants from the shows. This season of the podcast is dedicated to The Traitors Australia Season 2, and this episode is the first interview special. I was and am so excited about this one. It's a biggie. I had the chance to speak to fan favourite contestant, traitor superfan and listener of the podcast. I think you know who I'm talking about. Let's go ahead and meet her. My super duper special guest, the only guest who could be the first contestant I would speak to for this season of The Trader, is the ultra magical Faithful, who was eliminated at what I am now dubbing the Red Banishment. It's Annabelle. Annabelle, how are you going? I am so excited to be here. I'm such a stan, Matthew. Obsessed. What? How exciting. Uh, well, it's mutual. I'm I'm so buzzing to have you on. Um, I have so many things to ask you. Some of them are ridiculous, silly questions. Some of them are deadly serious and important to the world. So um, I hope you're ready for that whole spectrum of questions. Well, I'm a pretty ridiculous, silly person. So <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready. Okay, I'm also wearing the fluffiest thing I could find. It's like this purple <laughs> fluffy cardigan in homage to you. So I felt that that was fitting today. Although no one listening it. can see it. <laughs> I was eyeing it off. I was like, oh, don't mind if I do. <laughs> we must take a picture before we yes, finish. Please. So uh, before we get to all these questions, I 
I'm going to, we're going to start our game that we play in the podcast, which I feel like you're up for. We're, we're going to play the Trader Traitor. So our not-so-secret mission for the entire interview is to deceive one another. So our mission is to tell an undetected lie. It could be a lie about the show, about ourselves, about anything in the whole world, as long as it's a complete and utter fabrication, big or small. Uh, we're looking for fake facts as opposed to fake opinions. For example, you could tell me that uh, Sam stole his cowboy hat from you. And that would be a fake fact, unless that actually is true. Who knows? Uh, however, saying that Sam's cowboy hat makes you ill and you hate it would be a fake opinion uh, rather than a fake fact. So, I mean, obviously you were a faithful in the real game, but are you ready to be a traitor now? Oh, absolutely. I mean, not to intimidate you, but I've kind of been practicing. I have been listening to your recaps and I noticed you've got a few patterns when it comes to choosing <laughs> your lies. So be ready. Okay, uh, I'm going to have to switch things up then today. So our game begins from this moment. I mentioned I have some silly questions to ask. I'm going to go straight with one. Did you choose to drink tea in your hotel room uh, VT or was that thrust upon you? You know what? I actually think that was probably my idea. Um <laughs> <laughs> I was constantly asking for Earl Grey, which is my tea of choice. Uh, and I think they found this really cute little pink teacup, which was obviously just screaming Annabelle to them. So yeah, let's, <laughs> let's dunk that tea bag, honey. Excellent. It's, it worked. It created a mood and an atmosphere and I loved it. <laughs> um, you're obviously a very gregarious, um, outgoing, sort of campy person. Is that just you? Was it part of your strategy to adopt a persona on the show? You know, it's funny because this is the the number one thing I hear from strangers who've watched the show is, you know, Annabelle can't possibly be like that. <laughs> and the number one thing I hear from my friends and work colleagues is, oh my gosh, it's so funny because that is so you. <laughs> <laughs> no, All you. Unfortunately, this is just me. I look. I say, if I was going to fake a personality, I would pick a less annoying one. <laughs> not at all, and you do no need to say unfortunately. Not at all, because I absolutely loved watching you on the show. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Something now, I I want to ask you this as a super fan. So something that yes. becomes a a trait of the show. Um, especially in season one and in the UK version is that the last two people I'm talking like really serious tactics with you now yeah the last uh, the person who arrives at breakfast usually is a faithful because yeah. for the sake of the viewers we are left wondering which one of two people are going to be murdered is that and that seemed to continue in season two as a super fan did you sort of were you aware of that did you have that in mind that probably the last person arrive each day was quite likely to be a faithful. Yeah. So, I mean, absolutely. That was something that I was keeping note of, but it's not as useful as you might anticipate. So mm. I think if you take the, all of the episodes until my banishment um, of the first two people to arrive who were still in the game, uh, the only other person I could probably deduce as being faithful were Sarah and Luke, who I 
you know, knew were faithful anyway. So, I mean, if you weren't murdered the first time, you're usually murdered the second time. It's not consistent either. I mean, we do see Sam come in last on one occasion. In the New Zealand version, they've mixed it up a little. It was absolutely something I was keeping an eye on because why wouldn't you? (laughs) Um, But it, it doesn't actually reveal the whole game to you in the way that you might think it would. Okay, okay. And did you ever point that out to anyone else or did you think that it might be best to keep that to yourself? Um, I am incapable of having a thought come into my brain and not immediately share it with everyone. So yes, I did. And well, cause I was having a big sob, right? Because I think on day two, I was the last person in and I'm having like this meltdown because I'm like, oh my God, I was nearly murdered. And uh, I, everyone was saying, well, how can you possibly know that? And no one believed me. They all rolled their eyes at me and said, Annabelle, you're making a big fuss out of nothing or, oh, it's really really suspicious that you knew that. Could that mean Annabelle's the traitor? So yeah, I shared that thought and only to my own detriment. Okay, I see. Were there any other ways that being a big fan of the show gave you an advantage, especially compared to other... I imagine some of the players must not really have watched the show before. Maybe I'm wrong, but uh, what what else did you think was going in your favour as a fan of different versions of the show? Yeah, so I can count on one hand the number of people who had watched a complete season. And, you know, there were there are a few of us who had watched international versions as well. Um, for the vast majority, people might have watched a few episodes of season one Australia and that was it. Um, what was useful? Useful was a lot of the challenges were similar. So when Roger was giving the hints at breakfast as to what was upcoming, I could start thinking and planning for that in my mind um the shield strategy as well which i know you're a huge <laughs> fan of um w- that was played out in the first uk season as well so i shamelessly pinched that <laughs> um the you know yeah things like coming in with the breakfast room i think also um understanding what sort of things that traitors were targeting for and knowing that really as a faithful with your agency so cut off um, that really one of the only things that you could make sure you could do to keep safe was to get in bed with one of the traitors. So coming into the game, my plan was always within the first 24 hours, make sure that one of your closest people is a traitor. Okay. In that case, did you consider keeping Sam very much by your side instead of like outing him? Absolutely. So um, we, in our starting car, as we came into the game, we were really lucky. I was in a starting car with Gloria, who's an angel, with Sam, who's a really massive Survivor fan, and Luke, who is, you know, a two-time Survivor legend and Big Brother winner. So I had a really good starting car, and I was pretty sure that one of us was going to be made a traitor. We were one of the first cars to arrive at the hotel. We're there with Luke, who I thought would be a no-brainer. So the four of us were going to have each other's back. One of us would be a traitor. They could keep the rest of us safe. And then we could make side uh, friendships in order to control who went home in the banishment. What we sort of saw towards the lead up to my banishment was Hannah 
was a little bit obsessed with me, um, <laughs> had been a little bit obsessed with me since day dot. And I don't mean like in a fun obsessed with me way. I mean, in a, Annabelle is a 100% a traitor kind of obsession. <laughs> so she had always been gunning for me. And I was a little bit like, oh, that's cute. You and what army? Like you actually have to talk to other people in order to, you know, have people vote with you at banishment. So I was never super phased about it. But when it came up to the day of my banishment, my bestie, my absolute angel, my main girl, Simone, decided to flip and she was really critical to my game. She was a crucial number on my side. She also had a lot of social capital in the game. She was working closely with Keith and Blake. Um, and so when Luke came to me and said, Annabelle, your name is going around. And I, I think there's a really good shot that you could be going out tonight. Um, I didn't believe him because I have the delusional self-confidence <laughs> of me. Um, but I thought, you know what, if my if my boy's worried for him, if he's not got the shield and he thinks he's getting murdered and he's trying to tell me I'm the problem, let's roll with it. Um, and, and But even then, the intention was to go for Blake because we knew if we got it, as soon as Sam was gone, there was no incentive for the traitors to keep us around mm -hmm. um, and our whole kind of end game was cooked. So we tried going for Blake, that did not work um, as you saw. And so then it's kind of crisis time. We're maybe five, 10 minutes before going into banishment and Luke saying, Annabelle, Simone is not with us. Simone is not with us. I think we just have to blow the whole thing up. And, and blow it up, you did. <laughs> oh, yeah. Those were like the dying screams of a woman who was going to drag everyone to hell with her. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, I was I was going to ask about that, you know, although I think you, you've, you've kind of answered it really. I wanted to know if going into that horrible banishment, if you, I was going to ask at what point you realised what was happening and that you were, likely to be voted out but it sounds like you kind of already thought that may happen even going in yeah so um i i mean i thought going in there was a really good shot that i was going to get banished and you know luke was my ride or die so if luke said jump i would jump um and he he i trusted his social read of the game as somebody who had done this a lot of times and you know i've played a lot of nerdy online games and i know that one of my fatal flaws is how blind i can be to the women who i'm working with mm -hmm. and when they have flipped on me so even though in my mind i was a little bit like no, I don't think Simone's flipped on me. <laughs> I went in like she had. And, I, you know, as soon you could see, as soon as I kind of brought up Blake's name, she immediately jumped on the Blake defense bandwagon. That's kind of when I knew it was over, because if I don't have Simone, I don't have the numbers. My goose is cooked and there's absolutely no way that we could go out of the game knowing that we knew exactly what was going on. We knew exactly how we had got here and we had worked it out. Imagine if we went out with a whimper and we'd never said anything. Yeah. 
Uh, although part of me thinks <laughs> maybe it made no difference to the people oh, whatsoever. No. Sorry, sorry. I didn't mean imagine if we went out and said nothing. Oh my gosh, the poor other faithfuls. I mean, imagine <laughs> what a loser I would have looked. I would have been in there with them. <laughs> okay, that makes sense. Absolutely. It's with you on that. Honey. <laughs> um, you've mentioned Luke a few times yeah. and it's one of the things that I loved watching in this season was your friendship with Luke um, Was how was that shifting from seeing Luke as a TV personality who you knew to just being a pal in the game how, how, how did that feel? It was the world's most unlikely friendship. Um, <laughs> when I first saw him, you know, on the outside I'm screaming on the inside, I'm screaming. Of, of, I'm a huge uh, Australian Survivor fan, and they could not have picked a single former contestant that I had less in common with, <laughs> who I had never spoken to before, who I knew worked really closely with men. He's a guy's guy. Mm. And, guys gal about me so <laughs> i was i was panicking um i knew that it would be likely we would work together because you know we had that extra time together at the start um and i was for the first couple of days a bit worried i could see that he was closer with sammy than he was with me and at that stage i was kind of thinking that luke was the traitor and it, i wanted to be the number one of my traitor daddy not number two no one likes to be the less of favored <laughs> child um so i really went in on my relationship with sam and that was awesome because by the time we're leading up um, to the Guyton vote and confirmed as we lead into the Ash vote, we've worked out Sam's the traitor, um, who now I'm, I'm very close with. And because Luke and I have worked this out together, now him and I aligned as faithfuls and, and having this shared secret, that brought us really close. And so while what we didn't have in common on a personal level, what did you know, bond us with this really quite strong loyalty was being two people who saw the game in exactly the same way mm -hmm. that there was nobody else who he could have that, those same kind of strategic conversations with. And, you know, I've watched him play three seasons. I've never seen him sit on a grenade for any of his other allies. So I'm very lucky. Um, I'm very lucky that I got to, got to play the game with him because he was such a good ally. And I think I would have gone completely insane if, if he hadn't been there and, and a voice of reason. Yeah. Uh, my next question is a really big question, and it's a question with two parts. Firstly, how you seem to completely inherently trust Luke at some point anyway. So the first part of the question is, how did you know Luke was complete? How did you 100% know he was a faithful? And my second question is, how, did you, how were you so certain that Sam and Blake were the traitors? Because we we know as viewers that you're right. How do you know in the game that you're right? Um, uh, so while one of my fatal flaws is having too much trust in my female <laughs> allies, I would say I have an almost supernatural read on men and when they're messing with me. Um, <laughs> so I... Can I borrow that, please? Uh, <laughs> so it was... You know, you know, from the moment I made eye contact with Sam, I knew exactly who I had to be for Sam. 
um, in order to to be someone he would trust and someone he would protect. And 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 similarly with Luke, I knew I could inspire in him a kind of protective instinct. Um, it's just a survival mechanism that I've had to develop over the years. So I could read you know, when Sam was lying to me, it just, he started to have the same kind of behaviors that he would do around those lies because he felt so comfortable around me, like, you know, in, in that he, he believed, I really believed Luke was a traitor. And also that if, even if I thought he was a traitor, I wouldn't do anything about it. Um, he would make kind of little slip ups, um, you know, like, oh, if you don't vote out Ash, you're going to get murdered next. Or, oh, yeah, no, Blake, but keep that on the down low. Or, you know, he told me that he he was telling everybody else he was a farm boy, but he told me that he spent half the year in Mykonos doing marketing. Um, so it was easy to pick up on Sam. Luke similar like I could just there weren't going to be two traitors in the same car at the start probably um and I just could tell that he wasn't lying to me because it didn't make sense for him and, and his strategy yeah yeah hey I'm Ryan Reynolds recently I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation they said yes and then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Uh, now, I work in TV development and I want to pitch a new reality format to you. I, I've, I've mentioned this on the podcast, I think. It's you and Luke investigating unsolved mysteries across Australia. I'm going to Sydney next year, so I feel like I could be in the right place at the right time. I don't know. I don't know anywhere in the TV industry. Um, but I think the stars will align and I can make it happen. Are you in? Oh my God. I'm absolutely obsessed with this. I mean, I already can see how it ends. It turns out that Luke committed the crime and I'm just there like wringing my hands in frustration and slapping him. Um, <laughs> but wait, but if, yeah, I'm keen. if it ends with Luke committing the crime, that ruins the chances for a season two. So we have to be careful. <laughs> we need longevity. We, really do. we need we need somebody else to throw under the bus and blame it on. <laughs> exactly. Sam, Sam is Sam in the country at that time. Let's get Sam in. <laughs> um, the we we we've talked about your banishment, but you know it's it's so big. We we have to talk about it a little bit more. It was the most infuriating banishment I have watched ever in any version of the traitors I've seen in some ways is that a weird consolation because it was so epic and you're kind of part of traitors history now 
Yeah, I mean, it was so fiery. Even as it was happening, I I was thinking, oh my gosh, this is epic. Like literally, Luke and I held hands while we burnt the hotel to the ground around (laughs) us, like triumphantly shouted who the criminals were and then, you know, martyred ourselves for it. So it could not have been a more perfect exit. I came away feeling really positive about the whole experience. And I think if I had been murdered, I wouldn't have had that same closure. You know, I know exactly where I screwed up. Um, I know exactly why I was banished and I couldn't have been banished in a more epic way. So no, absolutely zero regrets. It was super cool. Yeah. I guess that's a cool point that if you're murdered, there's, you don't get to sort of, there's no closure. So at least at banishment, you can do your speech and you can see who voted for you and you know exactly what's happened. So maybe that feels a bit different. Um, Yeah. I mean, imagine going out and you don't even know why and you're sitting there and in your mind, it's like, oh, it's because I'm a huge threat. And then you watch it back later and they think you're a numpty. It would be awful. (laughs) Yeah. They're like, we got rid of Annabelle because she's so boring. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I would die. Um, I am so glad that you used your banishment speech to A, call out Sam's face and B, deliver an epic polar bear extended metaphor. Um, how spur of the moment was that speech or, you know, had you had you planned it out a little bit because you thought I'm probably going... So the Sam part, completely spur of the moment. (laughs) I'm standing up there. I'm getting ready to give my great speech. And his little annoying face is already looking shocked. And I felt like he was stealing my moment. I'm like, girl, this is my moment. Close your damn mouth. You got 30 seconds until I'm leaving. You can do your little performance then. Um, With the polar bears. Yeah, it was as we were waiting to go into the banishment room. And... um, I, was, I thought, oh, God, Annabelle, it could go tits up here. So I'm kind of going through <laughs> my endangered species list. I, I had this complicated metaphor about African wild dogs and their kill success rate when they work together. And I'm like, Annabelle, it's going to take like 15 minutes to explain this. <laughs> polar bears. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, polar bears. <laughs> it worked perfectly, I feel. Thank you. Thank you. How has it felt watching the faithfuls on the show since get it so wrong Every single time. I I think I tweeted this, but I didn't think I could ever feel more frustrated than I did during my banishment. And I was disgustingly wrong because I've now had to live through watching the last, what, three episodes? Um, I, I mean, I have compassion because I love my cast members and I know they're getting roasted, but also, honeys, what... <laughs> are you doing and you know Matt it's not like I randomly threw two names out there Luke and I went into very detailed explanations as to exactly how we worked out Sam and from that exactly how we came to Blake you know with corroborating evidence they weren't kind of gut feelings it was you know this is how we did it. So 
I can only assume that there was, you know, like needs of confirmation bias or in order for us to have not royally screwed up with this, we need to double down on that and or, or whatever else was going on there psychologically for them because I just, I can't, I can't fathom it. I can't fathom it. No one is screaming more at the TV than me. <laughs> and the thing is, once or twice since you left, pe- people have, like in episode eight, um, Sarah did bring up, oh, remember what uh, Luke and Annabelle said? Like, maybe we should pay attention to that. But every time they then go into the banishment room, it just disintegrates. Um, are you, when you watch it, are you really mad at Sam? Or are you able to kind of like appreciate his gameplay and his villainy? Like, are, are you able to actually find a bit of joy in what he's doing? I love Sam. Sam is like, you know, he, I describe him as my annoying younger brother, <laughs> where like half the time I just want to punch him, but all of the time I adore him. Um, so I'm really enjoying him hamming it up. I absolutely died at his super camp little Nas X outfit last week. Um, it was literally everything to me. Um so I, I am enjoying that. It's it's just frustrating there's not somebody there to rally the faithful troops and get it done. I feel like they keep making, you know, unnecessarily complex plans or, you know, throwing something else out there. And it really doesn't need to be that hard. You just all vote out Sam and then there's nothing that he can do about it. Yeah. Um, you know, we don't need this complicated three-part blindside with split votes, you know, hun. This isn't survival it's the traitors it's much easier just get the job done yeah and Lil Sam X as we'll now call him he obviously has a hold over the other players and I assume it's because he's very charming and charismatic like you you have an insight into this what is it about Lil Sam X that makes everybody just believe him all the time I don't know because I wasn't charmed. Um, I was pretending very intensely that I was charmed, mm-hmm. um, but I was quite off put. Um, that said, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if if we were supposed to clash in the game. Um, we aren't the kind of people who would naturally gravitate towards each other, um, but given the game, you know, we're, we're very good friends now. Um, but I think the I would describe him as kind of your archetypal uh, high school footy jock. And so the kind of people who gravitate to that person are going to gravitate towards that person. And he, he can make you feel like he's confident and in charge and knows what he's doing. And if you're kind of in this very unusual situation where you're frightened because you might get murdered and you've got no idea what you're doing, I imagine it would be quite grounding to have that force there. Um, It's just hard for me to kind of get into that psychology because it's not you know, I'm I'm just not a woman who's incredibly impressed by conventionally attractive straight men. That's not <laughs> same. <laughs> not my, yeah, <laughs> I just don't care. <laughs> I have a final few questions uh, before we conclude our game that we've been playing. Um, we talked about you being a big fan of the show and and therefore perhaps having an advantage at certain points or or noticing things that other people might not notice. What do you think you learned about the game 
playing it that you couldn't have figured out as a viewer? I think just how strapped for time you are in terms of having those strategic conversations, um, you know, because there was so much to fit in the day in between the breakfasts and the the missions and everything like that. We maybe only had a couple of hours maximum to talk to each other outside the mission cars. So you really had to move super quickly um, and, and you who you were in the car with was really important. So you don't kind of have full days sitting around on the beach like you might on another show to to form those relationships. And if you hadn't formed those relationships in the first day or two, there was kind of no time to go back. I mean, Camille and I never really got time to get on the same page. Yeah. Uh, would you, maybe, maybe there's a really big obvious answer to this, or maybe not. What would you do differently if you could turn back time and and change things? Three things. Number one, I would banish Sarah first. Um, I kept her because I thought, well, I knew she was a faithful. Corinne, worst case scenario, I've lost someone who'll never vote with me and I'll never know who she's voting for. Best case scenario, she's a traitor. Also, Sarah and I, both queer women, I thought that if I saved her, she we could work quite closely together. Um, but she was just too, she's a lovely, lovely woman, too chaotic as a, a, a an alliance member. So I think if I hadn't spent so much time working on my relationship with Sarah because she was gone, I could have invested my time in mistake number two, which was not giving enough to my relationship with Simone. I thought we were really good. I probably needed to make like a final three pact with her or or do whatever it took to make her feel like she was more important to me than Luke and Sam were. Um, and then number three, I, I needed to get rid of Hannah. Um, once Ash was gone, um, you know, it was unlikely that Hannah was going to be a traitor as well. So maybe I would have had to have tried to push Sam into murdering her but um you know she having somebody there who's constantly putting your name out is just poison so I I needed to take that more seriously yeah when you say it was unlikely Hannah would be a traitor as well is that because she was also a sort of reality tv woman so yeah they were just both the same archetype like why would you make two people like two reality tv villains of a similar age the same, you know, both a traitor. I mean, I, honestly, with that faithful lot, I probably could have convinced them she was, but <laughs> in my mind. <laughs> uh, last question for now. When is All Stars happening? And when you're invited to be on it, would you rather be a faithful or a traitor? So All Stars, I heard it's booked for October. So cleaning my, clearing my schedule. No, no idea. Um, and I'd obviously rather be a traitor. Um, more power, honey. Sweetie wants the money. Yeah. <laughs> uh, before we finish our game that we've been playing, we have been trying to lie to one another. Annabelle, where can we find you online? What do you want us to check out? So you can follow me on Twitter and I'll call it Twitter until my dying day. <laughs> um, I'm Annabelle CEF, not very catchy. I'm sorry. Um, and you can also follow me on Instagram at Annabelle CE. Okay. Now, we've been trying to deceive and betray one another. Ooh. Ah. 
So our mission was to tell a lie throughout this interview. I have lied to you, Annabelle. I'm really sorry. I, it was it was tough to do. Um, have you lied to me? Okay, so I lied, but I think I cheated. Uh, it, I'm not sure if it counts as an opinion or not. <laughs> oh, say a lie, say a lie, say a lie. And then I'm like, no, I need to tell the truth because I have a strong opinion about this. I'm sorry. I tried really hard. And I've also <laughs> forgotten everything you said because I was thinking about myself as per usual. <laughs> so I, I was so... I was so G'd up to be the best at this game ever. And then I completely cooked it. Okay. I'll give you some thinking time and I'll guess something that you might have lied about. I think maybe you lied about something to do with Simone and about how close you were. Is that the lie? No, my lie, and this is it. This is how much I was panicking, Matthew. This is, oh my God, I'm the worst. My lie was the last thing I said. I actually think I'd rather come back as a faithful. I think I would be a terrible traitor. I would love to be a traitor, don't get me wrong. I cannot, <laughs> You just, look at me. I couldn't fly in the space of half an hour. I, I compulsively say everything that comes into my head. I think I would suck. But then maybe that would be so too obvious as a traitor and everyone would be like there's no way there's no way annabelle's a traitor like she just talks all the time i it mean are we playing with my faithfuls or are we playing with a fresh lot <laughs> <laughs> we're playing with a fresh lot <laughs> <laughs> all right now i've got to think about your lie um i think you said was it something to do with my banishment was it something about no could be. Oh, I can't. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I am I freaked out. I was too caught up in getting stressed about the fact I hadn't lied yet that I forgot that there was another element of the game. <laughs> okay, I'm quite, I can't believe I got away with this because as I was saying it, I was like, this is so obviously a lie. <laughs> but I guess it worked. I pitched my TV show to you for you and Luke. Oh, and I was coming to Sydney. I went, oh, I'm coming to Sydney next year. And I mean, it's kind of, I mean, I'm trying to manifest that, but it was technically a lie because I have not. I'm no not plans to, to come to Sydney. Oh, Only I just in got my too head. excited. No in my head, <laughs> I'd already imagined our future together. So this has actually kind of crushed my spirit. <laughs> Do you live in Sydney? No, I live in Melbourne, but we could relocate. <laughs> I mean, we could make it work. And Luke lives in Perth. Somehow we can triangulate. I'm here for this plan. I truly do want to come to Australia next year. That is my big plan. My 2024 plan is to make oh, it happen. Oh, cute. I'm coming to Dublin in uh, February, so we can party. Oh, oh. Dublin is, is such a nice city. It's so lovely. Um, I've been a couple of times. It's great. I can give you all the recommendations. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> Annabelle, thank you so much for being my first interview guest of this season. I hope you've had a nice time. Oh my gosh, the absolute best time. I'm so sorry that I wasn't good at the game because I'm always so judgy when they're not good at the game. And now I came and I was the worst, <laughs> but I had the best chat. Thank you so much for having me. No, no, thank you so, so much. It was an absolute blast. I'll talk to you soon. Take care. Bye-bye. Hello, faithful trader listeners. 
I had such a fun time talking to Annabelle. She is as brilliant as you think and more. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. I could have spoken to her for hours, but alas, we were on limited time. And even at that, I was pushing my luck a bit with our limit. But I think Annabelle was having a great time too, if I do say so myself. Please go and follow Annabelle on social media, as well as the podcast, if you haven't already. We are on X or Twitter, as Annabelle would have it, at the Tradar Pod or Instagram at the Tradar Podcast. You can also email me at the Tradar Podcast at gmail.com. And you could also become my new favourite person after Annabelle Ovs by helping me with the running costs of the podcast because I am not making money from this. I am, in fact, spending money on this. To do that, you could visit the podcast coffee page. Just a one-off payment. There's no subscription or anything like that. Then you can decide how much you'd like to chip in to help me. That's at ko-fi.com slash Matthew Keeley. My name is spelled M-A-T-T-H-E-W-K-E-E-L-E-Y. I'll be back with the final two episode recaps of the season and more interviews with contestants from the show. It's a teeny weeny bit tricky to coordinate this time around, but I'm making it happen slowly but surely. The next episode is going to be another great one. I'm already excited about recording it. You're going to love it. Until then, stay faithful. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.